Welcome to Positively Leading, the podcast that's all about helping you grow your resilience, leadership and influence. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Howling, and each week we will be diving into a variety of topics related to leadership, communication and personal growth. From feedback and accountability to diversity and inclusion, we'll explore the skills and strategies that you need to become a more effective leader. So whether you are looking to improve your communication skills, build strong relationships with your team, or simply become more confident in your role, join me on this journey of growth and discovery, and let's get positively leading. The Greek philosopher Heraclitus said that change is the only constant, and there's probably never been a time when this has been more true. The question, how do I manage change? is something that so many clients bring to coaching sessions. And they do this for themselves. How do I manage change as an individual for me? And how do I manage change in my organisation? And these are the two big questions that we're going to be covering in this episode and also in the next one. Because change can be hard. And it can seem even harder when we didn't ask for it, we don't want it, and we feel that we have limited control. Now, today's episode is a totally practical one. It's got 10 top tips to help you to not only survive change, but actually thrive through the process. And if you're not sure that's possible, I invite you to continue to listen, to try out some of the tips and see what happens. As always, it's my heartfelt hope that the tips will help. Now, we're going to start today, the first two tips, are actually two fundamental shifts in thinking that can be so very powerful when we are navigating through change. Now, the first is accept the change. Now, before you click pause or you click stop or you think I have gone a little bit bonkers, (laughs) please wait, because I know that acceptance can really get a bad rap and I understand why. When I was first introduced to acceptance as part of my spiritual practice years ago, I really fought against it because I didn't understand it. And I had the the misconception that it meant resignation and that if I accepted something that I didn't want, whether that be an emotion or a situation, or perhaps when somebody had done something that really upset me, I thought it meant that I was giving in, that I was allowing horrible things to happen to me, that I agreed with it, or perhaps I was being a walkover. But acceptance is kind of like sitting on the grass on a summer's day and you know if we're looking up at the clouds and where the clouds are just floating across the sky there's no resistance to the moment to moment experience we're simply watching the clouds go by now it'd be really silly to watch those clouds and be upset that they're not moving faster or slower or that they're not the kind of shapes that you want or perhaps you want a a different kind of cloud to come by You simply accept that they are what they are as they come. Because there are things in life that we just cannot control. We may want, we may desire, we may crave something. Or there may be something that we actually just don't want. But this simply causes more pain than accepting that at least for now, in this very moment, this is the way that it is. Because if we can accept what is in this very moment and let it go, then we've got more power, more power for us. Because if we argue, if we resist in that moment, we are actually only hurting ourselves. So accepting that everything is impermanent, whether that's joy or happiness or sadness, our possessions, this moment, 
in telling myself it is what it is, I actually give myself the power to look forward and make a change. So there are two things that I've come to realize about acceptance that you might not have considered. So the first, I've touched on this, the first is that acceptance does not mean that we like something, want something, choose something or support something. And this is, as I say, what I really fought against to begin with. No one is suggesting that you like, want or support whatever it is that you're accepting. But by struggling against it, by resisting it, by rejecting it, we're actually creating so much more suffering for ourselves. And it doesn't mean that you've, you know, you've chosen it or you're agreeing with it. It just means that you are simply allowing it to be there in that moment when you can't change it. You're just making space for it. You're giving yourself permission to be as you are, to feel what you feel or to have experienced what you've experienced. Now, the pain might still be there, but some of the suffering of resistance might be alleviated. The second thing is that acceptance does not mean that you're accepting it's going to be this way forever and that you can't work on changing things. And again, I first thought that acceptance was a real sign of apathy, of passivity, of giving up, of letting go of the agency that I might have. But this actually doesn't have to be the case because practicing acceptance doesn't mean that you won't be able to make a change. In fact, the more you accept what is wholeheartedly, the more change can happen naturally. So by accepting and recognizing the impermanence, you can let go of that resistance and then you can use the, those stores of mental and emotional and physical energy that you were using in resistance to think forward and change. So acceptance is more like being open to the feelings that we're having in the moment-to-moment -moment experience and be willing to just feel it, whatever it is, anger, happiness, fear, jealousy, anxiety, joy. If we can learn to simply be with our experience, then we're going to be so much better off rather than trying to control the experience because controlling it is the opposite of acceptance. And this is something that I am still practicing and still learning because I am a recovering control freak and it is hard. But anytime we're trying to manipulate that inner experience that we have, we're doing the opposite of accepting it. So if you think about it like this, if, if we're lost, even if we have a map of where we want to get to, we've got no hope of actually getting there if we don't know where we are to start with. So we need to know where we are and accept where we are before we can be begin to work out how to get to where we want to go to. So acceptance isn't giving up. It's the first step in self-care and the first step for any radical change that we might want to make. And actually, I often think about this as a form of responding rather than reacting. So resignation, doing nothing, would be an example of reacting, whereas acceptance actually is an example of how I can choose to respond. And in doing so, I can give myself the power, the freedom, if you like, the key to being able to choose my response to given situations and no longer be trapped by reactivity. So acceptance is the first one. Remember, it doesn't mean that you want something or that it will never change. It just means that in the moment, it is what it is. Let it go and then use all those mental and emotional and physical stores of energy that you might have been spending on resistance to actually navigate through the change. 
Now, the second thing, this is another fundamental shift, is that we need to understand that change is not the enemy, but fear is. So when we're going through a change, whether that's big or small, it brings so many emotions. And I think with all change comes loss, even if we want the change. And if we just allow ourselves to recognize that and grieve for what we're losing, this is an important part of the change process. But one of the biggest challenges I think we have in change is the uncertainty, the not knowing. And what's a core emotion when we don't know something? Well, it's fear. Because when we feel this way, our stress response is triggered, which means our body releases all the chemicals which can cause symptoms, physical symptoms over time. And it also means that our capacity to think is also reduced. And uncertainty is a, a double whammy because when we don't know something, we're not sure what's going to happen next. Because, you know, our brains are wired for negativity, well, our brain's going to fill that knowledge gap with all sorts of bad things that might happen. A few years ago, I remember seeing on, um, on social media, there was a common meme that was fear stands for false evidence appearing real. And it actually is. Because if we know about this fear and we're able to name the emotion and understand where it's coming from, then we can use a range of different strategies to work through the fear. Now, may I point you in the direction of episode 10, Building Courage, the seven muscles to strengthen for courageous leadership. Because in that episode, I share some powerful mindset shifts and strategies for working with fear and building courage as well. And if you want to know a little bit more about the neuroscience of change and why it's actually hard, including the fear and uncertainty, I also talk about this in episode 11, how to build new habits for positive and long-lasting change and success. So if those things might interest you for a little bit of a deeper dive, do go and check them out. But those are the first two powerful mindset shifts about change that can help to actually lay the foundation for positive change and also for the eight top tips that are coming up. Okay, top tip number three is focus on the solution, not the problem. Now, it's okay to reflect and explore the problem, but it's not productive to sit on the problem for too long because problem focus will, over time, really drain you and can actually spark more difficult emotions. And as I mentioned earlier, when this happens, our capacity to think is reduced massively, and that's our capacity for creativity and open-mindedness as well. And this is the last thing we need when we're experiencing change. So think about the outcome that you want and then focus on what you're going to do about where you are now and how you might want to move forward. Okay, so focus on the solution and not the problem. Tip number four is figure out what you are free to choose right now. So what's in your control? Quote from the Dalai Lama, which I absolutely love. If you can do something about it, don't worry. If you can't do something about it, don't worry. So make a list of all the things that you are free to choose, what you can take control of and focus your attention there and accept the things you can't. Focus on the things that you can. And this is actually a key part of resilience as well. So focusing on what you can control, what you are free to choose right now. Tip number five is to stop yes-butting. 
Now, this is often when we consider options and solutions, particularly when we might be struggling with something, because remember, our capacity to think clearly and creatively and logically is reduced. We think of all the reasons why something won't work or perhaps why it hasn't worked before. But if we think about another great quote from Heraclitus, I think he must have been the guru of change. (laughs) He very wisely said, no man ever steps in the same river twice, for it's not the same river and he's not the same man. So be open-minded about what you've tried before and also try new things too. And when you're thinking of these things, before you say something won't work, then look at how it might, in the words of MJ Ryan and her brilliant book on change, she says, stop yes-butting. So don't say yes, but that won't work. Take a lesson from improv and change it to yes and. So the more we're able to stay open-minded and stop yes-butting, the more options we might be able to think of. Now, step number six is to go micro. So often when we become overwhelmed with something, we can get really stuck because problems and any kind of step forward can often seem really insurmountable. And if this happens, then think in micro steps and learn from the Navy SEALs. And they used to chunk their actions or they do chunk their actions down into bite-sized pieces of action to keep moving forward. So going micro. This is tip number six, because if you can think to yourself, what's the one tiny thing I can do right now to move forward? Tiniest, tiniest thing and take that step and then just keeping step by step by step. Okay, so go micro. Number seven is to celebrate success. And this actually goes together with going micro because micro steps become micro wins. And it's really important to celebrate success along the way, no matter how small. Because when we feel stuck, when we're feeling you know, challenged through change and we don't feel that we have too much control, if we can give ourselves credit for progress, whatever that progress might be in this difficult situation, then this starts to rewire the brain. Okay, so what we're trying to do with these two steps, going micro steps and then micro wins, is to rewire the brain and open our brain up to, to being able to navigate more successfully through change. Now, number eight is to look for the good. Now, it's not about Pollyanna thinking and ignoring the challenges or the problems that you're facing or or even forcing yourself to be positive at all. But this is rather just being on the lookout for things that are working and recognizing what is working and what there is to be grateful for. And again, this is because gratitude is an absolute superpower for rewiring our brains for greater happiness and contentment. So take a little bit of time each day to consciously look for the good. Now, number nine is to draw on your strengths, because the more you pay attention to the resources that you have to cope and you flex those strength muscles, the better you will do. Now, I've got a whole episode dedicated to helping you to uncover and build and use your strengths. It's episode 21. So if you want more information there, do have a listen to that. But knowing and drawing on your strengths can be so helpful. For me, for example, whenever I'm navigating change of any, any kind, my go-to strengths are learning and researching. And I just think to myself, okay, what do I need to do to move forward here? And I tap into curiosity and I create some questions for myself 
and then I take action to learn. And actually, because it's a strength of mine, whenever I'm learning, I'm in my happy place, even through challenge. And then that builds more positive emotions. So actually, it's a win-win. So think about how you can use your strengths to you know, draw on those strengths to help you through change. And the final one, and this is absolutely, you know, it's last, but it's definitely not least, is to practice self-compassion. Remember that change can be absolutely exhausting, physically, mentally, emotionally. And remember, it's okay to not be okay. So pause and just ask yourself, what's the most loving thing that I can do for myself right now? What's the most loving thing that I can do for myself right now? And then do it. Okay, so that's the 10, or those are the 10 strategies. A quick recap. The first two strategies or tips are fundamental and powerful shifts that can help build the foundations for thriving through change. And they are accept the change and understand that change isn't the enemy, but fear is. So we need to manage that. And then the eight top tips, which are real sort of more actionable tips immediately. Focus on the solution, not the problem. Figure out what you are free to choose right now. Stop, yes, butting. Go micro. Celebrate success. Look for the good. Draw on your strengths and practice self-compassion. And for everyone who's going through a difficult change at the moment, I really hope this episode helps in some way. If you would like more personalized support, please reach out, send me a message. And I hope that you will join me again next week because we're going to be exploring change from, a, from an organizational perspective rather than just the individual perspective. So until next time, keep on positively leading. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Positively Leading. I hope you found it helpful in your journey to becoming a better leader. And if you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback not only helps me grow, but also helps others discover the podcast and join our community of positive leaders. And if you'd like to work with me, you can head over to sarahowling.com to find out how. Thanks once again for listening. And remember, the world needs more brilliant leaders just like you. So keep on positively leading.